A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory. Territory? Territory. If you aren't caught up with us, that would be through the entirety of Gideon the Ninth by Tasman Muir. Welcome to Words and Whiskey Short Pours, a monthly podcast where we have a fun time discussing fictional worlds and the people that create them, all while boozing just a little bit. My name is Cross. And my name is PJ. And as you can tell, we're already having a lot of fun this episode. <laughs> it's been like 30 seconds and we've already fallen off the rails so far. And today we're going to talk about Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir with an, our incredible recurring guest, actress and writer, Piera Ford. Hello, Welcome. hello. Thank you for having me back again. Yeah. We are we're so glad to have you back. It's it's an awesome time every time. So stop. Stop it. <laughs> well, we tried to make something happen in December and it fell through. And so it's like, yes, finally. Um, I'm very glad for this. Yeah. Very glad. Yeah. Very excited. So before we fully dive in, we are in completely different time zones. It is 930 for you, obviously, and late for us. Well, not that late. It's what time you know, is it? It's though? actually reasonable. It's 740. So it's oh, not dude. as late as it was last time. This is nothing. Oh. I don't know why I said late. No, to be fair, I've been in bed at like 6 p.m. every day for the last week. So I cannot complain. <laughs> Fair, fair. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be late for you. <laughs> but before we do that, let's talk about what we're drinking. I'm just run. We're running all over the place. It's fine. We're good. Gassed up. PJ, what are you drinking? I so I had this grand plan to do a necromancer because of the Ooh. themes of the book. And then we looked back on our old uh, document and that's what I made last time you were on the show. So <laughs> literally the last time. Theme. It's a yeah. running theme. Honestly, yeah. I wouldn't have noticed. You could have sold it to me and I would have been like, great. Sounds like a great time. Yeah. How original and you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just, I copied some of the notes over from that and like, because I was like, oh yeah, we'll just borrow some of the notation or whatever. And I called PJ and I'm like, did you know that you had a necromancer last time? <laughs> and God forbid you drink the same yeah. thing twice. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. Absolutely. Disgusting. But instead, I did a hurricane. So four ounces of rum. I did three ounces of white rum and one ounce of overproof rum. Two ounces of lemon juice and two ounces of passion fruit syrup served over crushed. That is so Lord. much rum. It's a lot of rum. Yeah. Joke. Just went full tilt. Full tilt. <laughs> Absolutely all the way in. Jesus. That does sound delicious, though. I, mean, I think it might be for two. I think it's it's supposed to be for two, or it's just a large cocktail. <laughs> um. so, and I'm home alone in my basement for this evening, so it's just you know, dogs are going here. off. <laughs> Tush, please, for the love of God, do not feature dogs. <laughs> Sorry, it's the Inazuki, but inadvertence and me coming out being like, ha funny, but there are people who do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> Don't worry. Cool. That sounds delicious. Piera, mom life, what are what are you having? This well, considering this I still have a tiny tit suck up. Yep. Yes. Not not much. <laughs> Today I'm getting high on water. Yep. Excellent. Okay, to be fair, in my defense, I've already had my tea and I'm doing one of those like weird six-week mm -hmm. challenges where I'm like trying to get mm -hmm. fit in my body back. And so I have like a limited amount of what I actually can drink. And so I'm not like sculling a coke at 930 in the morning. That makes Pretty total sense. Sad days yeah. for me. Just pity Dude, me. What, one, honestly, what when she's done, you? when she's done, we're getting all sorts of fucked up. Yes. All sorts. All sorts. That's <laughs> Hold awesome. Me to that. <laughs> Very, I will. I will. Don't you worry about it. But I also I have to drink copious amounts of water to keep up on this show with PJ and stay alive. So, you know, just the, the six seven versus five eleven nature of our, our statures and drinking, you know, it's of just the reality of things. I don't know what I'm saying. It's fine. PJ, what are you following years up with? We didn't talk. Oh. Are you having a back half? Back half beer is sticky puddles, which is a strawberry banana blueberry 
vanilla marshmallow imperial sour. What the fuck? That sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds like a bath bomb. It does. It does sound more like a bath bomb than a beer. <laughs> it's by Lupulin Brewing Company. So I'm excited to nice. try it. They usually do some good amazing. stuff. Amazing. Cool. We're getting drunk tonight, I think. <laughs> Apparently, oh, I wish especially I was you guys. Were. Yeah, that's. I mean, fair point. Fair point. We we got drunk last night. We, yeah, very drunk. And so I'm like staring at this, not wanting to drink all of it right now. Um, well, the only option is to today. shut it. Then <sighs> that's the only option. It's just to just get it done. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> You're bad influence, bad influence, but I'm loving it. I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, it's good. It's good. Really? I'm drinking in the vein of the necromancer. I am drinking in Corpse Survivor, of which I thought was only appropriate. Gin, one ounce gin, one ounce lemon juice, one ounce Lillet Blanc, one ounce dry curious hour, whatever orange liqueur, little tiny bit of absinthe, half teaspoon, orange garnish, solid. Following up that, I've got a lemon, super lemon haze, which I had on the show last week. Another <laughs> one of those. Just sticking with the lemon, you know? Fancy. You were giving me shit for having a lot of booze in my cocktail. <laughs> At least mine's yeah. like backed up with <laughs> juice and sugar. Yours is yeah, this mostly is just, just booze. booze right? I'm feeling this is pretty like much just a shot. I should definitely have just like pumped and dumped and just like got on the maid. Good lord, <laughs> good lord! It'll be a fun time. We're so excited. With that, let's talk about this book. I think okay. we should. I think we should uh, start with overall thoughts, and I, I want to kick it to PJ just to vent his thoughts first, and then we'll go to you, Pierre, and, and talk. Mm-hmm. Talk crazy, there. crazy. Mm-hmm. So overall, this book was entirely different than anything I've actually read before, and because of that, and also because I strictly listened to the audiobook, it took me a little bit to get into it because it was very confusing with all of the names. That said, I had a ton of fun with this story. To the point where I actually listened to it again. I listened to it front to back today <laughs> before the show. Jeez, on what speed? Double. Just double? Just double. Yeah, Amazing. you and your 3x craziness. Okay. No, yeah. it's not. No, that's just the, like what sane <laughs> yeah. person could finish oh, an yeah. entire book in one day. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Well, it's like eight hours and 20 minutes at double speed. Oh, okay. Well, it's not bad. For some reason, I was thinking one of those like. 12 hours, 18 hours. I was like, oh, what's yeah. your day? <laughs> no. Amazing. So, yeah, I I had a blast. Especially the second time listening to him. Like, okay, I understand what's happening. <laughs> now I can actually like absorb what went on in the first half of the book. So. Yeah, those first two acts are great, but it isn't immediately clear why or what's important because like Gideon doesn't think think it's important. So like you don't ever see anything because she's like, this doesn't fucking matter. I don't give a shit. list of things Gideon thinks yeah. is important. Tits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pissing off her. Absolutely. Can you blame her? No, I've got him right there with her. Why do you think she's one of my favorites? <laughs> Top two things in common. Big fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Awesome. Piera, overall thoughts. Obviously, you love this book. That's why you're here. I do. I do. But same as PJ, like the first time I read it, I was like, I, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't think I'm, I think Tamsin Muir is so clever in the way that she's written, like, just like half the words. I'm like, I don't know what this means, whether she's made it up or it's a real word. Couldn't tell you. And I like to think I'm a pretty literate person. But yeah, I really struggled the first time with it. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Like, I, I thought I hated it the whole time I was reading it, but I just wanted to finish it. And then by the time I'd finished it, I was like, holy shit. I sat with it for two days and I was like, it's my favorite book of the year. Don't know how it happened, but I was like, I'm obsessed. And so 
same thing. I read it again straight away, which is what cemented it as one of my favorite books. And then I think I only picked up the audiobook when Harrow came out because I had, when, when Harrow came out, I just had laser eye surgery. And so I couldn't read. Mm. I was blind for like a week straight. So I had to listen to the audiobook there. And I was like, I'll do the Gideon audiobook first, lead it to it, blah, blah, blah. And those audiobooks are incredible. Like, I'm not a huge audiobook person myself, but I think, you know, both of the series that I've come on to talk to you guys about with like Red Rising and this one, two of my absolute favorite audiobooks. So, mm. yeah. Big fan. Gideon is right up there with my favorites. Yeah. And there's obviously that overlap, too, where Moira Quick also does, who did Gideon, does Lyria's voice in uh, Dark Age as well. And so she also does Victra in Dark Age. Like, she is predominantly Victra's voice. That was so familiar. Like, I don't look into it because I'm just dumb and I just don't care. But knowing that, I'm like, fuck, well, I've got to type, so... (laughs) <laughs> Although I can guarantee there's like one other audiobook that I absolutely love. And now that I think about it, I wonder if she voices that too. I'm going to have to do some Googling. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely check out. No, I, I totally agree with both of your opinions. I was shocked at first. Obviously, we'd agreed because you had you had been like, let's let's fucking do what well, we had talked previously at the end of the last time we were talking. <laughs> I, I wasn't and just I was like, like you know, we should probably head. read Gideon. And we we're you were like, yes, absolutely do it. Have me back. And I was like, that sounds great. I'm going to bookmark that idea. And I, I got into the first act and I was like, OK, I love the language. <laughs> I really like I really loved all of the like the the bone language and, and the use of all of the different bodily functions and cavities and, and just like really utilizing all of that that sort of verbose nature of the story. And then but it, I was it took me a while to get through that first act. And then the the initiation of the second act and like all of it just starts to explode. You get the deaths and then it becomes this locked to murder mystery. And yeah, oh, at the end, I, I like my Big brain fan. blew apart in act four. Like I lost it. And I was like, yes. OK. All right. Yeah, man. All, and, and one of the most clever things that I definitely want to talk about this is that Tamsin Muir is clearly so literally grounded. Like she is so well read mm-hmm. and literature profuses this whole thing in addition to all of the different like small references. But like one of the things I keyed on immediately when we get into characters is like Dulcinea, Don Quixote. I was like, oh, oh, so she, there's something wrong with her. I have to figure out what's <laughs> wrong with her. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, I see you did it. a smart boy read. I did, like, I, like I said, I think through Red Rising as well. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm like not into like the, the classics and like all that. I like, I said I'm literate, but I don't think I'm like, yeah. you know, literate, fancy, all that sort of shit, which you clearly are. So to me, I'm, I'm going in blind. This is a great idea. And then obviously, because I'm so deep in the like the Lock Tomb fandom, it's probably the, that and the Red Rising fandoms are probably the only two that I'm like in the discords for. You know, like, mm-hmm. following all the hashtags and, like, some of those fucking theories. Mind-blowing. Like, if you guys aren't already, like, I'm not sure if that's, like, a good thing. But it's a really interesting, fun place to be with, especially theories. So. Mm-hmm. I, I like to be caught up before I jump into theories yeah, just because I don't want, you know, something yeah. to, like, taint the, the second book experience. <laughs> so I, I've been I've been very careful about mm-hmm. um, that for this. But I not having a physical copy, I also only listened to it. I didn't realize that there's also, I think, an explainer in the back of the book. I was told for some of the names or the oh, little, like, like where a, the names came from. Yeah, like yeah. a dramatis personae or whatever it's called. Yeah, um, yeah. But even then, like, there, there are spoilers in that. And I guess more so for mm-hmm. book two. And, like, that's the thing. Like, you think you've got book one where you understand book one. And then she goes and gives you book two, which is nothing like book one. And you were, I cannot wait to talk to book, like, about book two to you guys because you're just going to be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then in theory book three and four will also be the same us getting something completely different so 
Yeah. Very it's much. it's nice to be able to play in that sandbox of just utter experimentation, which this mm. is, you know, it is it is a like locked house murder mystery space opera necromantic lesbian book. And I love it. I loved I loved kind of the whole I it, it's like fuck genre. This is just what it mm. is. You know, I, yeah. I loved that embodiment here. Absolutely. I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah. It's one of those ones that you either like you either absolutely love it or you're kind of like, I have no idea what's going on and therefore I couldn't enjoy it. Yeah. So, okay, here's here's where we'll jump into this. We we obviously announced this ahead of time to a lot of people um, in our community, our kind of Discord and Patreon and people like that. And it has had wildly mixed reactions among our listeners, which is interesting. More often than not, when everyone's gotten to Act 4 in like the last couple of chapters of Act 4, everyone's opinion has changed. But up until that point, people are like, oh, God, I don't know. I don't yep. know if I can trust your guys' recommendations. And <laughs> man, I feel like that's pretty widespread. Like from what my experience as well. I And I think that makes sense. One of the critiques that that stands for a lot of these folks, and I think it's an interesting thing to talk about, is like the dialogue and the choice of using kind of modern references in addition to all of this very, you know, deep romantic. See, I don't know, I don't if, know. if it's a because a lot of what because obviously Tamsin is New Zealand, like, you know, yeah. for a New Zealand born and based and lives in the UK or whatever. So I found a lot of like the humor and a lot of the dialogue and whether it's like tonality or pacing or whatever so good because it is so similar to ours as Australian which you know sometimes I don't know if it's and I, I've only really noticed it in a few books like I know like with Nevernight obviously Australian writer he, that humor the cadence the tone is all very Australian and so it just read a lot easier but then I know I'll read you know a US writer's book or a UK writer's book and it just isn't as I don't like natural is probably not the right word for me but like if you were to say it out loud and I don't know if it's just, you know, I've got some weird back alley sort of slang or whatever. But that's one thing that I really appreciated about Gideon is pretty much anything Gideon would say, I can 100% have said, like, would come out of my mouth. And I don't like, that's what made her one of my favorite characters. I was like, yo, that's just me. That like, I, in my <laughs> brain, I am a Gideon nap in a Harrow body. Like, that's all it will ever be. And so <laughs> I love it. I don't know. Like, I'll let you finish your sentence for one. But yeah, oh, no, you're um, good. <laughs> it's, it's the ADP. But yeah. <laughs> That's, I appreciated the dialogue. Yeah. PJ, how did you feel about the... Yeah. I didn't have any problem with the dialogue itself. I felt <laughs> like it was a little bit jarring the way like Gideon spoke versus everybody else. <laughs> I think my best way to liken it is like an electric guitar with a symphony orchestra. Like it's just so starkly <laughs> different, but it can mesh pretty well. I love that. Like... <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of likened it to the fact that she's kind of out of the loop. She's not mm. actually a cavalier. She has no fucking clue what's going on. Right. Time, which it, makes her an unreliable narrator, which makes it fucking even better. It, it felt like, <laughs> no, it, exactly. It felt like early Darrow when thinking about like speaking like a gold, mm. but not leaning into it at all and just ignoring the fact that she speaks differently than everybody else. You know, it's just yeah, two very different types of people that are interacting. You know, and, and one of the reasons that I, I liked the dialogue personally, it was it's some of the references I, I still enjoyed inside of it. It's like, but why would it be happening in this like space operatic universe that's clearly Earth in the future or what what have you? And I don't need an explanation because all of the rest of it works out so well that it's just like, you know, whatever. Like, even the Mean Girls reference of, like, you know, you don't ask someone why they want to be a lictor, Hera. You don't just ask someone. I think that's the line. But, uh, 
I for for me, I guess the it's that cavalier nature. She's she's the only one who hasn't been nurtured to actually be in that position. Right. Versus everyone else. But then on top of that, she's basically been raised indirectly like her and Harrow are both. On completely different life trajectories than anyone else and have been, you know, and like the puppeting of parents and the sort of idea that like they're both kind of parentless children for most of their lives it just mm, it further exemplifies that and makes me more okay with it because the background really feeds into it i think does that make sense yeah yeah no like i yeah. again like i just love and I, I don't know if it's i didn't notice it until i, I read like it, not a theory but just like someone's takeaway on it is like with gideon being the narrator especially is like when you think about all the stuff that was probably going on in the background being very fucking obvious to anyone who knew what to look for and then yeah. gideon's just like i saw these two characters over there having a chat I don't give a fuck and like continue mm-hmm. on when it's probably like Dulcinea and like, you know, someone like plotting death or whatever, like all the things that you would have seen if you saw it on TV or something, but because Gideon's so just like in her little bubble world of what she knows, I just found that really interesting and that I guess kind of translated through the rest of the series for me of just when you like, if you were to see that whole series, like that whole book from Harris perspective or, you know, Palamides perspective or Camilla's perspective or something like that, it would have been so different and which is why i appreciated the gideon perspective is because like obviously you know audience tie-in whatever into this like new world but yeah and then when you when you get them in contrast with all of the other houses when they finally get there like you know you've got like sextus and his whole like that whole house is just completely different and obviously how like the other houses have all obviously communicated with each other like you've got like the, the tradentari obviously having more stuff to do with like judas and all that sort of stuff and so whereas like Ninth house is just like, you know, this like Pluto essentially doesn't count as a planet anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. Not even a real thing. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't supposed to be. That feels like that's kind of the other bit about the the mystery is that the intent was for the house to die out and like to mm. roll. And I think that also plays into there's so much to talk about inside of this. And my brain is just exploding <laughs> with things and obviously not having read the second book and like holding on, holding mm. out hope that I'm probably just going to burn through it tomorrow at this point. Amazing. But I just... I am floored by a lot of the different imagery that's inside of this, right? And especially the combination of, like, clearly there's some, there's a lot of Catholic and Christian undertones that are just tied into this whole thing and in sort of tearing down or talking about it in various ways. And in particular, the ninth house's different religion from the other eight houses is fascinating because they're the only ones, they say a different prayer. They're asked to say a different prayer and it's almost like, a joke when they're asked to like like when Harrow's asked to say the because um, clearly they were never meant to live beyond like their original duty of rolling the stone in front of the tomb and calling it a day because no one's supposed to survive on Pluto Pluto fucking sucks yeah I don't know it's very Ozymandias too in the way where it's like we built this thing to contain this thing and everyone is going to die with me in in kind of the the watchman sense of it I don't know fuck so good I'm just excited for you to read book two that's all God I've been I've been nothing to say on that <laughs> you can't <laughs> you can't just leave me like that yep, sorry um, <laughs> no that's totally appropriate more to more to come what about the character we were talking about characters first and foremost some mm-hmm. some favorite characters PJ did you have thoughts unfold whichever direction i'm just chaotic energy exuding right now so that boost baby this book well you know generally we hold it together and keep it some kind of an outline but right now we're all over the place oh, i think you must have before we started which is fine that's it. true we, we did talk about the the sneezing tequila story yeah <laughs> um so it's gone all right <laughs> jesus okay all right i'm leading this now crossland's <laughs> gone so 
regarding the planets and the houses inner, like the houses clearly correlate with the planets, but do we know if they're strictly like one-to-one in order of the solar system, like distance from the sun first through ninth, or is it just kind of, I don't, I'm I don't sure think it's probably so. explained. Potentially it is explained in book two, but like, I can't even, like I said, book two is such a different beast of a thing. Like you probably mm. will lap it up because you have the brain for it. I don't have the brain capacity for it. And so I'm just like hanging on to like the little character bits of like the stuff <laughs> that I do understand. But like the grand scheme of it, I think they do probably in my brain, like, yeah, that's, I just go A, B, C, D sort of thing. My, my thought just kind of following that thought process. My thought is that earth might be the first house. I think it is. Of, I think it because is. Because it's house mm, up Canaan. 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 Which has like very, very strong historical and biblical like connections. Massive significance. I don't know what those connections are. I just, okay. I recognize the term for <laughs> the name, but that's my my only working theory that they're not like one to one, two to two, three to three, is that House Canaan is probably Earth, and it's the first house. But yeah, and Cytheria is Judas, and like, where do we want to go with this? Because we could go like full. We've Sorry, got I'm the twelve apostles grinning like a madman no, back here. No. Um, I'm expecting like updates as you read. I hope you both sure, know this. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, got, I want yeah. like holy shit. <laughs> brain spasms i'm sure they'll happen i'm i'm already at that point where i am so sucked into this that yeah i didn't get a full listen in i just like went back and like treated certain acts and i was like okay something happened in that chapter let's go like revisit these couple of chunks and then i kind of like hopped around in a second listen today but yeah oh my heart we're all just like Mm, mm, yep mm, good yeah mm, big fan yeah i uh yeah i've got a new audiobook credit I think I'll probably get Hero the Ninth like right <laughs> after we're done recording. Absolutely. Um, God, yeah. you were saying characters. Characters. Yes. I want to get to the characters. I want to know what you guys think of the whole cast. Who's your favorite? Who's your least favorite? Who are you? Where you at? Oh man. Okay. So I have a strange appreciation for Ionte for sure. Well, like great, incredible. No, um, like that. Oh. But like. The the whole relationship between like Corona Beth, like the third house in general, I think yeah. is fascinating. And I think that on top of that, the obviously the seventh house isn't that interesting. But at the same time, we don't we don't actually know the seventh house itself. But the characters that came from the seventh house, fascinating. And like the power of Lictors and obviously the power of Cerithia and Dulcinea, you know, like the, the whole adoption. We really don't know the seventh house right now as it stands. It feels truly the eighth house sucks, except for well, Silas sucks, I should say. Call him. Colin was good. The um, real MVP. Daddy Magnus was pretty neat until he died. I, I think uh, Magnus was my favorite. I, I love. Oh, they're like, oh, this wait. is going to be great. We're gonna we're gonna solve the problem. We're gonna do this together, guys. And um, he's like a great cook. immediately murdered. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I really appreciated Magnus. Yeah, especially in a re-listen. Fuck yeah, yeah. I don't. And obviously, Harrow and Gideon are incredible. Second house, you know, like the cohort. Like it gives you a little bit of a lens into sort of their like militaristic but like nothing super interesting but Palomides was my favorite of the oh sex pal my favorite yeah I love yep, sex pal <laughs> I love yeah yeah I know I saw that too and I was like hmm <laughs> I love 
I think those two are probably my favorite. Like Camilla, the second Camilla walked Camilla. on the screen and um, on the page, I was like, mm, yes. And then like go loud camp. I was like, that's my girl. That's all I need. Big fan, big fan. And I don't know if you guys are aware, there are two short stories floating around, both free online. I think one's on the tour website, which is the mysterious study of Dr. Sex, which is about okay. the sixth house. And it's a bit of a prequel. And then there's a bridging between what's going on in book two. So I'd read book two first and then read the read book two first and then read the, the short stories because they also cover um, what happens after book one between some of the characters. I'm not, I'm trying not to like spoil anything for sure, you. Sure, sure. Okay, book one, book two, then short stories just for Got it. full. But that's kind of what bolstered my appreciation of Camilla and Palamides especially big fan like Gideon will always be my number one Harrow has this like weird little creepy hold on my heart after book two Anthony again like 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. yeah I mean again I'm just trying to because I read them like consecutively I'm trying to like separate them so I'm not like oh this character is my favorite and it's from book two but yeah yeah I think Gideon, yeah Gideon obviously because like she's just not like a character that I've kind of read before like I've read similar characters but not one that I was just kind of like oh, I absolutely my like my kind of humor which you don't often see in fantasy mm-hmm. books, let alone from women. So very true, very true. I was going to say she's she fits in perfectly in an Abercrombie book, of which I've recommended. You know, go I read tried. Blade itself. You'll fucking I tried. like. <laughs> it just does it. It does it right. If if anything, again, the recommendation that I have is if like you can't get into the first book, go read the fourth because it's the best book out of the first six that I've read. So and you don't need the context. So oh, okay. anyway, and Monza's, Monza is Gideon. <laughs> Gideon is Monza. It's incredible. Yeah. Fuck. So, okay. I feel like I really want to love Teacher, but Teacher felt a little bit half-baked. Yeah. I like, I, I personally got like nothing apart from like, yeah. I'm your guide to the house and I'm not going to give you anything or tell you anything. Yeah, and then I'm going to, you know, be important at one point and then, yeah, no, I get, I get that. But there, there's a lot of enthusiasm there. <laughs> it's a very enthusiastic <laughs> character. <laughs> but it felt like the the least fleshed out of any character that that we mm. met. So what know. were your favorites, PJ? I'd list I listed off the whole cast, which is unfortunate. <laughs> so yeah. Mag- Magnus. Absolutely. I mean Magnus. Mm. Barring the ninth house. <laughs> barring the ninth house as an answer. <laughs> yeah. Magnus, I think. I I don't know why. I just, I liked the sort of, uh, surprise, I guess. And it felt uncharacteristic, but not that uncharacteristic when it's revealed that he's a really good cook. (laughs) And (laughs) it, it was just this, a little bit of levity in this pretty heavy, like book up to that point. And it's just like, yeah, man. Like dinner party. Let's go. Even even the, the addendum <laughs> Let's go. At, at the end of the invitation, where he's like, that's a stupid fucking formal like invitation. Just come. It's gonna be fun. Like, we'll have a good time. <laughs> oh. I did love them. That was I remember reading their like death and being like it was one of those deaths that I like had to read like twice because I was like, is that are they how did they and then yeah, because so I think it surprised me. Again, like going into it the first time, not really knowing what to expect. And then for it to kind of flip on its head and become like this like murder mystery Cluedo situation. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, here we here we go. Full steam ahead, which, you know, yeah. it was. 
Some something along the lines. There's so many brilliantly written lines, but I think that one was like entangled, like wet dish rags or something like that, or like wet laundry. Blech. Wet laundry, I think, is what it was. And it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 And you never want your favorites to die like gruesomely. Like you want them to die like with like a nice slit throat or like a stab to the heart or something like where they're not like totally mangled and you know beheaded and sewed back on to a wolf's body or something ridiculous like that. So. <laughs> Maybe that does me? sound pretty awful. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's me. Where'd you? Are you? Are you like putting thoughts out for what's going to happen in the sixth book of Red Rising? Because that sounds no. like. Oh no! Don't don't. I, <laughs> if that happened, I would throw a book. Like, <laughs> I you think Morningstar was bad with what the thing that we almost thought happened? I yeah. you would never see me again. You would see me setting fire to the book and you know doxing Pierce Brown. <laughs> <laughs> won't have it. Absolutely won't have it. Oh man, yes. God, you could yeah, see him doing I, that though. Oh, absolutely. Now that I've said it, I'm scared for me. <laughs> you literally said it out loud. Yeah, you put that evil. He doesn't listen into the to world. this, right? Tell me he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I can't. I will make claim no claims one way or the other. <laughs> oh lord. Oh lord. Can I trademark an idea? I don't know. <laughs> Royalties. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. You deserve them. And, you know, like you're saying, the, the sort of like grim death and execution, it plays into like the entirety of this story, right? The, the mm. magic of the whole thing is death magic. And there's like no there's no like counterpoint of like rainbow and butterfly. There's like nothing that's going to be like positive. It's just like this is what you get. And it's this dark world. And, you know, you don't want these gruesome things to happen to these characters. But the world is also set up where there's not going to be a better way to go out for anyone. It seems mm-hmm. it's pretty much just grim and as far as i could piece it out right now it feels like we kind of have three examples which is like bone magic which is like the splinters into skeletons and flesh which is that flesh bubble that like popped up in the end of near the end of the book and then spirit which is like the the like channeling um, yeah 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 channeling move that feels like those are the three forms yeah 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 i'm just yeah 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 yeah, you're the one who has to play cautious this time, which is Just completely... checking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah, yeah, about yeah. right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yep. Oh, they don't know that. Okay, yeah, all right. Pretty Just much, careful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy who's like, mm, you should read book two and then get back to me. I just <laughs> forgot how... Like you, you know when you read like a series like all in like one mm-hmm. day and you're just like, I don't know when book one ended and book two started. So, oh yeah, it's just it's yeah. just one of them. It's just one of them. Although on the what you were saying with the magic, like the thing that threw me that I don't know if it ever got explained, and if it did, I must have missed it because I don't think it was in book two either, or at least just in the concept of book one is like Anthe eating Nivarius, like just taking chunks out of him. Like I get it, but I don't get like remember when she just like ate a chunk of his hair and was just like gnawing on a finger or like stuff like that. Did you catch that? Did I make that up? No, it's in the book. Fuck off. It's in the book. I know it's in the book. They, they talk Definitely about the how... Like, I know what it has to do in terms of, like, the grand scheme, lick the hood, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But like, it requires... When you it, think it about what happened in the end. Yeah. Sadism than in anything. Like, it's not necessary to be that gruesome about it, but... Why not? Yeah, I just wasn't sure, because I think... And correct me if I'm wrong, like, the, the general sentence or the vibe of it was that she, like replenished her strength by chewing on his hair which is like i'm pretty sure that's not exactly what the context is in the situation but like i just make like you know obviously silas like siphons off a column and all of the links between cavalier and necromancer and whatever i just thought that was a really bizarre way of doing it and i wanted to like look more into like the third house i guess in that regard like you don't see magnus and abigail like chewing on chunks of each other 
just to strengthen her powers or whatever. And I'm like, oh, anyway, haha. But you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, no. Right. We're married. Who knows? Yeah. True. Anyway, that was just an errant thought that I've always had every time I think about the series. It's like, what was that? Like mm-hmm. that sentence, did I, that fever dream of a sentence. Yeah. Part of me, PJ, did you have a, a thought there? I didn't have an additional thought. It just, it felt okay. like it, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessary to be that gruesome about it, but. Yeah. Like. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was just a thing that stood out to me and I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. gross. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. <laughs> big fan. Yeah, I was, I was also a big fan. I think that, I think that if it, if I'm trying to figure out what exactly that was, I think it was later used and in, in is replenishing her power and whatnot. And I think you could probably do it with anyone's flesh. I don't think it's directly the Cav necro mm. relationship. I think it's more the general energy consumption because then she does all those flesh things after she eats. So she does the uh, giant flesh bubble of which I'm imagining she like spits out maybe the chunk or something like that and then disgusting. uses that to make the bubble. Yeah, it's got to be repulsive, you know. Again, but, my, bra- my little tiny pea brain didn't connect the dots with a lot of like big fancy I think I've mentioned this to you guys when we were talking about Red Rising. Is I struck there are some things that I really struggle with visually. Like if I can, because mm-hmm. a lot when I read, I like you know it's a, it's like a movie to me, blah blah blah. But there are some things that I'm like I can't fathom what that would look like, and especially when she's using words like energy and theology, and you know the, her especially describing her magic system, and when she's using all the big fancy words for like shin burn or like knuckle, yeah. and she's like you know the humorous femorous or whatever the fuck it's called. I struggle with that, and I think maybe that's I probably just lost it. I think I lost quite a bit in just not being smart enough for it which is why every time i reread it i'm like ah yes quick google like what is the fancy name for elbow ah yeah right i don't know i just had this crazy you said elbow and i had this crazy mental picture of like we'll call it fan uh fan whatever the hell fan imagination of like gideon licking harrow's elbow and like being like you can't feel it i don't know why that came up it just did it just it immediately entered but like my... is that not something to shoot it absolutely do uh-huh uh-huh and Harrod would be like what the hell are you doing and gideon's like testing something i don't know just, just nothing just go with it what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing yeah right exactly fuck i love gideon so much uh-huh I'm gonna reread it. You've you've done me. You've got me. Yes. God yes. damn it. Crossland, you mentioned the sort of different forms of magic that are I think. I don't expressed. know. Again. Yeah. I got the sort of impression that there's a lot in this world and in these houses specifically that are lost to time and still mm-hmm. exist. Like we get the we get the the rifle. Like this ancient rifle that like Oh yeah. Exists in history books. But like she's never seen one before. Like there's clearly a lot out there that they're not necessarily understanding of. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's several forms of magic beyond necromancy that has either accidentally or intentionally been lost to time. I want to get into crazy, stupid theories because we haven't read the second book and Pierre can laugh at us. We'd love to hear them. But one of my crazy, stupid theories is that the emperor committed mass genocide on the solar system in order to achieve immortality and then was able to bring people back with that amount of energy over time. Maybe. This is my best poker face. This is my I'm keeping nothing away. I know exactly how um, I want to answer that and you will get nothing from me. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. But maybe not. That just feels like the... It's one of those things where it feels like the answer to a thing like the. It's like the so if we if we take the Christian theme and we like spin it on its head, um, 
It's sort of like the antithesis in its own way, right? And so instead of, as opposed to saving everyone through unity in Christ or what have you, the Christian ideology, this is instead spinning it the opposite way and everyone's saved through death and mm. and then being able to bring life back in a restrained fashion. I don't know. I just see that, but. Interesting. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Interesting. The <laughs> face. Mm. Mm, mm. Yes. No comment, yes. as they say. Yeah. That's that's what I do to PJ all the time whenever he asks me questions in the regular show, like reading Mistborn. And it's always interesting to the point of where we're making a T-shirt that says interesting on it because that's all I fucking <laughs> respond with in those moments. So uh, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> Taste my like, own medicine. Maybe, maybe not. Who oh. knows? <laughs> Don't know. Couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like a lot of you get a lot of answers in book two, um, but then you also get to upload more questions. And so it's right. just kind of like, cool, like what's. It's it's one thing that I've appreciated about the book is it's not a, you know, here's book one and the questions in book one are answered in book two and book two's questions are in book three. And especially like, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with, I guess the, it was originally supposed to be a trilogy. So Gideon, mm-hmm. however, Electo, and then Electo was supposed to come out this year and she's decided to do a third book instead, which is Electo the fourth book. This is Nona the Ninth, which is, you know, if you've read the blurb and, and seen the, even the cover, feels very, very different to book one and especially book two. And so it's, so interesting like i have like you don't know like we've been given the cover we've got the blurb we've got like you know excerpts from the book and world's kind of like i still have no fucking clue what's going on i don't know who these people are i don't know what's going on and so that's what originally threw me when i read book two because i was like i you know i just got my head around gideon like i just figured out what's going on and you've just essentially gone and you know fucked that completely off and gone it is and says something something new and if she wasn't so clever about it and like it wasn't done so well like it could easily lose you. Like I, yeah, you know, there's a lot of totally. people who are like, I love book one, but book two just like it was too much for me. It completely threw me. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, and like it makes me feel like an idiot every now and again. Like I'll I'll, I'll listen to it and be like, I don't know what that means, but I like it. So <laughs> <laughs> like that'll exactly. pay off eventually. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah sure. Right. Even if it doesn't, it was fun. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. PJ wild theories. While we're here, wild theory opposing yours. No mass genocide. Oh, there's just other communities of other types of magic people on the same planets that don't interact with, <laughs> with the necromancers. <laughs> They're just like, fuck those necromancers. It's <laughs> just like a city of mages on the other side of the planet. <laughs> for each fucking wizards down the back. <laughs> like, Why do you call the planets just... houses? <laughs> like, bro, this is Mars. It's like fucking Daryl on the other side of the earth. Gold. What is that? <laughs> yes, it's within the, the red, rising uni- red rising <laughs> yeah. universe. Exactly. No, that's so I liked it better when you said wed wising. Wed wising. But... I'm a fan of that too. <laughs> yeah. Next week on wed wising. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Nod. Yes. Yes. Smile and wave. You didn't like. Ooh. Whether it just rubbed you the wrong way or you didn't understand it, your tiny little pea brain couldn't compute like mine. I I felt incredibly confused through a lot of it. And I think I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that I strictly read the audiobook. Or I strictly consume the audiobook. Yeah. In that there's not a whole lot of different voices for the different characters. And all of the characters' names are very like complicated. And there are multiple names for a lot of the characters. So I was lost through a lot of it, especially the first Mm -hmm. time through. But even the second time through, I'm like, I I get the gist, but I still don't exactly know who did what. So, yep, interesting. 
Yeah. You know, the one thing that's <laughs> slightly, slightly bother in the smallest bother is I kind of wanted like the dirty magazines to pay off in some way. That too. Like I just wanted like they kind of they were there. It's character driving. Like it's a, it's a very character moment. But I just wanted like maybe a moment of like discovery from a different character being like, these are yours and have that be like a broke because like Gideon's kept as this like silent cab for a lot of this. And this is just like the nine house thing. And then they find like the dirty magazines. And I think I think I think that would have been the great way to break it. You know what I mean? Like to have the dirty mags be the thing. Sure. 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 Yeah. It's just a my it's a minor thing. Other than that, I think it was just that it it took a while for me to get into in general. But then Mm -hmm. once it did, it was like, oh, I can't stop. Like I this is a compulsion now. Like I have Mm -hmm. to keep going. I I wish that it. there was yeah. a little bit more tension in the beginning, not the beginning of the book, but the beginning when they're on the first at the first house between Gideon and Harrow. What the, because the, she because she's there compulsively. Like I, I wish sure. there was. They get very sure. very friendly very quickly. Yeah, and it, it doesn't feel earned. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree when you when you mentioned it. Yeah, especially because. You know, considering the the history is, you know, they've tried to kill each other a million times. And, you know, how deranged is Harrow knowing that Gideon's trying to escape, gets up at the fucking ass crack of dawn to bury bones into a place that she's like, how constructed that plan was, was mm. magic to my queries. But I agree <laughs> completely. Like it's, you know, the, it's, you know, the marriage of convenience trope, et cetera. But it did feel very like, oh, we're in this together at the end of the day. And like. Mm. I agree, especially with Harrow, like you know, running off by herself for like the first like two weeks or whatever, and Gideon's just like, "Cool, well, fuck me, right?" And after after Gideon's like escape plan fails again, mm. Harrow explicitly like straight up says, "Because I fucking hate you." Yeah, and that that tension never resolves. That's just when you think about dissipates. how it ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You just, it doesn't, yeah, yep. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you know, any kind of <laughs> queer media, I'm like, done, I'll take it. Whatever you give me breadcrumbs, I'll, I'll take it. And so I guess maybe it would have been different. I, you know, I don't know if it was like a male female sort of pairing or something like that. I wonder, like, for me personally, just in that sort of, you know, looking for the romance and it all, that sort of earned loyalty as opposed to, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm just going through it in my head now. Like, holy shit, you've unlocked something. Yeah, no, I am, I am the degrees. I. This makes me. This makes me go back to the the thing. Like Gideon Nav shows up on the planet. This baby that's basically like Amazon drop droned onto this planet. But it feels like she's got to be god's kid right like she's got to be the emperor or the son or something's child because she's protected she survives all of these things there's something wrong with her i mean not like wrong and the, like there's something off you know what <laughs> i mean, I mean there's that. many things wrong with her that's a little different but <laughs> not the context that i meant yeah hmm. interesting as they said hmm. yeah right 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 yep 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 cool 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 yeah she's got it fucked now, now I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking, and I'm not. I'm I know you actually about having to like a conversation. S- smash through book two. You know, it's likely to happen immediately after we're done here. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Like I said, it's early in my morning, so I'm expecting you guys up until like three a.m. Being like, "Holy, yo, did you know this happened? Holy shit! The answers for this." Anyway, I feel backing like up the my brain at the adult table. <laughs> <laughs> You've read more than I. Or something. <laughs> it's. Uh, 
getting back to the Gideon thing, my brain is still <laughs> focused on this. So there's some there's something tragic. There, there's so much that's tragic about this character and and sort of the the romance of it all. I love how again the the love is kind of it's a little bit understated, I would say, but it's just there. It exists. It's not yeah. brought into question. It's not made a big deal. That's a shitty term to put on that, but you know what I mean. Like it's 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 yeah, it's there and I don't want to say inconsequential, but it's not different. There's there's no prejudgments on it. There's no mm-hmm. like this is against society or norms or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so yeah, it's just, it just feels very natural. And Gideon falls in love with everyone because she's damaged. Damaged. <laughs> Anyone who shows you a tiny bit of interest, she's like, oh my yeah. god, Dulcinea looked at me once. Gah. Yeah, yeah, Gah. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Corona Beth, she absolutely oh, yeah. immediately falls in love. She's like, gorgeous, love her, <laughs> love ten her. Ten out of ten, Wilbone. Yeah, no, and then when you think about it realistically, Gideon's probably a virgin and i find yeah. that really funny never been kissed never you know when you think like starved for you know yeah physical contact that she's been kept in her like weird little cell the whole time and all of those sorts of you know it's not like she's dating in the ninth house when there's her options are literally a skeleton so, but or she, an arch enemy getting is jesus that's that's all i'm getting here and harrow is mary magdalene and we're merging these two and we're making this like god yeah it's it's a thing i don't know it's got to be it's got to be a mm. fucking thing i don't know Interesting. she she Fuck. talks about feeling <laughs> get out of this show. <laughs> yeah yeah sorry peach um, as soon as i can mail to you <laughs> <laughs> the ninth cavalier i can't remember i can't remember the name uh, that, that escaped on gideon's shuttle or just nygaard okay was there that a helps. relationship between her yeah, and gideon right. him? him 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 i guess i don't know no because remember he's like 32 like he's significantly older and he only picked up the mantle because his dad died he mentions heartbreak at like somebody leaving or was it heartbreak that like the shuttle left i think it was that i don't think the only people gideon really had ties to i say loosely in that were her sword trainer whose name agamente agamente old lady old yeah 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 yeah. that sounds right yeah i get i can see it in my head i just can't Mm -hmm. say it and the the god guy who she hated. Aglamine Crux. That's Crux. Crux. Yeah, right? those two. Yeah. So that, I think those are the, you know, from what I'm thinking, are they the only two that she really had any kind of contact with? Crux because... is another word for cross. I'm getting to this Jesus thing. I don't <laughs> know. Shit. Um, <laughs> because like when you think about it, obviously they, the, her, the parents tried to kill Gideon. And, right. you know, imagine you, you gas a bunch of kids. They're in there for like, you know, five days or you know, not five days, but you're like, okay, great. Everyone's dead. You walk in and there's this tiny baby who's just survived. It's All a miracle. Sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so you're kind of like, well, shit, what do we do with it? Lock it away. Don't let anyone have any contact with it. And even, I can't fuck it. What's the name? Aglamene? Agl- it's Aglamene. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, like even her training Gideon with the sword in general was not a point of contention, but just kind of like, well, what the fuck do I do with it? Like, you know, what do I do with this child? All I know is the sword may as well just fucking let her have the sword. And so, like, I think they, it was very much a we don't know what to do with this child now. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, you know, in some, I don't know, some houses, some worlds, you know, this baby comes down from space, survives mass murder. You'd be like, hmm, maybe important. We should use this for a soldier. Maybe this should be a couple of angelic. Exactly. Who knows? But instead, we're going to shove it in a box and pretend it doesn't exist because it threatens what we know. 
society. Yeah. So I don't think she would have, like, I'm sure she would have known orders because obviously it says she goes to like the fucking prayer mass shit they have yeah. every now and again. So like you would have known who it is, as, but I don't think there was any sort of relationship with okay. anyone was the long winded answer that I was getting to. Yeah. I'm just, I'm curious by the term heartbreak in that scene. So I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know how to take it. And I, I, it was hard to like go back and like read the context of it again because it's strictly audiobook. Like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish, I wish I had a hard copy of this. Because Which I, is definitely something that I'm going to be picking up I, specifically I for I context be before we talk about this next time, as yeah. well as for Harrow. Just even to review, you know, they're, they're just moments. That's what's so difficult about doing audio only, of which we don't usually do. It's just mm-hmm. it worked out that way this time because we both decided to read it this week and didn't they go to get books. it. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was great. Yeah. I, I think that the reason that Heartbreak is cited there is specific to her sword teacher because it's the last time that she's going to see her and that's like the only person that she has a relationship uh, with you, are you know? talking about when gideon leaves not yeah, when orders right? in his oh, I'm, I'm, talking, talking, are you, are you I'm talking, talking when she gets caught when she was about yeah. to get on the shuttle yeah and then mm-hmm. it's mentioned that the cavalier got on the shuttle instead and took the shuttle away it's mentioned yeah it's mentioned that heavy heartbreak that gideon oh, feels. i think that no oh. i th- you know i would have read that as that was like her last opportunity to escape. And because now she, you know, they'll be already, monitoring the shuttles. She already knew that she had missed yeah. that window. Hmm. It, it, it's that it. somebody else left on the shuttle. <laughs> now I'm curious. Because I, I, I didn't catch it. I haven't caught that at all. So this is the first time I'm kind of thinking she, about it. She was, already, sure. she was already captive. So it wasn't like she could get on the shuttle. The shuttle was hours gone at that point, I think. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, but then. don't you pine after what could have been, like the freedom that you could have had? You yeah, know? maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's what my automatic thought would have been. Yeah. Like, that was supposed to be me, and it's not. And then, you know, they go blow up anyway, so. Kind of glad it wasn't. True. Mm. <clears throat> I have to, like, nerd explode for, for a brief moment, but, like, the naming conventions of these characters is genius. Which Pre- Priam Hark. Up? So Priam Hark being the King of Troy. Mm-hmm. obviously and sort of the this like bastion this walled city that's holding in this terror i mean holding back a prize of sorts uh protolaus the first soldier who dies in the trojan war that being the skeleton calf that one's insane <laughs> that's my favorite um, one <laughs> i think that in chronobeth is a really interesting one which is for me this was a deep literary thing that i'd been reading recently but i've been going through uh, like old uh, poetry and so reading lord byron's child harold's uh pilgrimage is a book that is dedicated to Ionthe and is about like disenfranchised youth asking and like seeking knighthood and sort of that thing. And so it's interesting because it, it seems to combine those elements and like show the two sides of this sort of disenfranchised character that is Lord Byron in that moment. So good. God, all the, and all, there are so many direct like biblical references like Isaac, obviously, among many of the other ones. But and we mentioned Dulcinea earlier in Cervantes as uh, Don Quixote, which is huge. Her being this imaginary woman. And so I immediately keyed into that and was like, ah, yes. OK, so there's a problem with suspicious. you. Yeah, <laughs> suspicious. Um, yeah, I just genius. A lot of this is just so well constructed that way it floats everything else. It, it, it luxuriates in reread. I wish I was well read enough to like pick up. I was on just stuff thinking, like that. <laughs> like, oh. I was like, what a big brain you have <laughs> with, with crappy, useless information for the most part, except for in these conversations. I mean, um, this is, this is the same shit that 
I didn't pick up on, but really appreciated when you brought them up in our coverage of Red Rising. Like all mm-hmm. of these like literary connections and understanding the depth of which these characters and situations are like where they're born from and where they're, where they're weaved from understanding that like, this is an act of like very, very intentional, like love Mm. of different literary components. It's, it makes makes me appreciate authors. Exactly. Even though I don't understand, like (laughs) I I don't know where it's coming from. I didn't catch it, but understanding that it was intentional yeah, and like directed feels super cool. I read the smallest bit of background too, that I think, I think it was the eighth house characters were supposed to be Cain and Abel, but they mm. ki- cut that or maybe it was. No, it was mm. the twin, the twins and yes, Beth, wasn't yes. It? Yeah. you're, you're right. You're right. Originally, but, and then that was rewritten. So, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like I, like I said, I don't have the brain. It makes me feel awful when I'm writing things. Cause I'm like, Hmm, I need a name for something. What if I just smash the keyboard and just see what comes up and knowing full well that authors like go down this rabbit hole of like, hmm, let me use this name from the, the, you know, the Trojan War, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I'm dumb. And so I hope that when, you know, for authors, when they have people who catch it and who, you know, appreciate it, acknowledge it, that they're like, cool, I'm not fucking nuts, which is what I'm <laughs> sure I would be if, if somebody caught anything that I ever did, like on purpose. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I feel that as as someone who writes as well as it's like, mm. is anyone ever going to get this? Like, I'm putting in this really interesting, weird niche reference that I love. Is anyone going to is anyone going to understand but isn't that? that what writing is? Isn't that right. what writing things in general is like, huh? I want to see this. I'm going to write it. It's fucking neat. Cool. Yeah. And obviously, like there's there's this is this is an accessible story without knowing any of that. But you get mm. like the extra little tidbits. Oh, if yeah, you, for sure. If you kind of. You know, yeah, yeah. you almost get yeah. like, like you said, you get almost a, not, not a spoiler, but a precursor sort of mm. tingling of sensate, like a spidey sense of like, something's going to happen with this character based on that name. I so, am dumb yeah. is what I'm realizing. No, it's, I mean, it's super, <laughs> I am no dumb. one said dumb that, girl. you're claiming it yourself. No one believes dumb, that. Dumb girl who reads um, a dumb little fantasy book. I'm in this dumb boat brain. with you. <laughs> PJ didn't read before this, so I mean, you, you I'm very take it proud you of you. This isn't an easy book to read. <laughs> God Almighty! Yeah, every, I think every person I've recommended, like my best friend, especially, she's like, I re- I tried to read it. I got through three pages, and I was like, what the fuck? I put it down. And I was like, no, no, babe, you gotta, like, you gotta keep going. She read it once. She's like, I still have no fucking clothes. Like, I can't read it again. And trying to convince someone to read a book a second time when they hated it the first time, I'm like, no, please, like, trust me. And what a trust exercise it was, because now she's obsessed. She's like, I need it in every version. I need every expensive copy. She sent me a, an eBay listing for like the arcs and the fancy Illumicrate versions for like a grand and a half. And she's like, do I? I was Whoa. like, no, of course not. What the fuck is wrong with you? Absolutely insane. But like, you know, when you bring someone down the rabbit hole with you and you're just kind of like, hey, hey, come with me, you're like fucking golden. And they're like, oh, no way. <laughs> That's what I feel oh, like yeah. sometimes. <laughs> this yeah. is great. Love, love that. Any particularly favorite insults from this book? I mean, like they're in, oh. there are so many that are incredible. I mean, it's not so much an insult, but one of the lines from Gideon is like, and especially at the moment that it is at, is like, so you're telling me that you're in love with some chilly weirdo in a coffin. Like, yeah, that's a good one. Especially considering it's like one of them like super tense moments. You're like, 
holy shit, what could you possibly say here? So you're telling me you're in love? Yeah, no, that one. And pretty much anything that kind of, yeah. No, I just love, yeah, anything Gideon. Pretty much anything Gideon. But I feel like nothing stood out. Like I'm not sitting here thinking about like, you know, anything specific, but just I know that the vibe I got from Gideon. Although any of her kind of interactions with Nivarius are always fun to me. Mm-hmm. Like on her, like how she sees him. And like, when you think about it, like without Gideon, he probably would have been like the best swordsman in the whole place. And right. she kind of, this like back alley, nobody comes in and like shows him up. Mm-hmm. This like prince, essentially. Yeah, yeah. He's got that very I mean. princely kind of attitude, mm. authority to him. From, I think she boy. calls him the mayonnaise face baby. I think that's who she refers to. And that is my favorite insult I've ever heard. Like, period, bar none. I, I heard that and I rewound and I laughed out loud. And I had to like, I was, I was, I was at the time I was sitting on the floor looking at my, my phone, reading something on Twitter and was listening and it hit me. And I was like, this is fucking hilarious. And I literally (laughs) rolled on the floor. I was like dying. It was amazing. Yeah. That one was good. And all of the like, future references to mayo <laughs> yeah um, it's less Shit. of an insult but the the exchange where gideon before they leave the ninth she's basically saying the only thing i'll help you with is fucking killing yourself <laughs> yep. uh to to Jokes on me so yeah no, three I or love, four different like, I ways. I, I think it's three of three different ways. She says, yeah. "I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but no, yeah, I know what you mean. No, I mm-hmm. just I love the Gideon Harrow, like uh, like relationship, I guess, like dynamic, whatever you want to call it. Again, although now saying what you're what you said earlier, PJ, is just that the payoff wasn't like I imagine how much better the payoff could have been with some more tension at the beginning." But then I also appreciate yeah. Gideon as a person was just kind of like, this is the situation. I guess we're just going to fucking live with it. Whereas Harrow obviously kind of railed against it for so long. And mm-hmm. when you, like, when you, if you get deep into it and you think about it, like, Harrow is the one, was the one with more to lose than Gideon was. Like, Gideon didn't know as much as Harrow. Like, she's, she didn't have these expectations to be this, like, you know, the, the fucking necromancer pillar of the ninth house, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And so I guess, like, yeah, you made my life shit, but. Like, eh, kind of, as opposed to Harrow, who knows, like, the the weight of what happened and how she became and all of those sorts of things, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. That's me romanticizing it. I just, getting getting back into it, I wish there was straight up hostility between the two of them, like, behind closed doors, until Mm -hmm. she finds her all but dead body. (laughs) Like, I feel like that could have been a really nice point of bonding them of binding them mm-hmm. together. And if she had to like do something to like make sure that she didn't die in that instance. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that could have been, that could have been a really nice point to like to shift the dynamic between the two of them. So did you kind of get that sort of payoff when it was, when you know how Hara had to do the the test of where she walked through the thing and it was, she was siphoning off Gideon and like, you know, Gideon and Dobson Air's arms, all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Like, I loved that because that felt like a turning point for Hara as well. Because, you know, her first mm-hmm. time you called me Gideon and then passes out. That, it just. That would have kind of. I didn't, I didn't. That's what I was thinking about today. I was in the grocery store picking up, like I was going 
shopping. I was in the, in the produce store store aisle during that scene. You guys look a I lunatic. Was just, I was thinking, <laughs> <Probably>. like, <laughs> why is Gideon so eager to, like, give herself up for this? Like, she's leaning into mm. the siphon at a certain yeah. point. And it, it it still didn't feel earned. Lesbians, baby, that's all I can say. <laughs> all right. All right. She's Gideon is a classic U haul lesbian. Absolutely. U <laughs> <laughs> haul lesbian? Is that the term? Have you not have you not heard the, oh I've my never God. heard the term. No, no, no. Bless sure. You. So the the running, you know, obviously I'm not a lesbian myself, but you know, halfway there is very much, you know, everyone kind of dates everyone's ex, everyone knows everyone. So if you mm. find someone, you pretty much move in on the second date. And so it's always like, you know, had our first date, second date is me moving in. So it, it, there's more to it, but that's, you know, my understanding of the U-Haul lesbian sort of thing. Got I find it, getting to be a, a, a U-Haul lesbian is very much a, and it, I, I guess I kind of see that in any, in the Dulcinea and then the Corona Beth thing as well, where she's like a little bit of attention, done, sold. I mean, I'm obsessed. And then, you know, a little more attention for anyone else. Again, like, yeah. I don't I don't know if my experience reading it is different to obviously yours coming, you know, being a queer person who want, who likes queer media, having that sort of stuff makes a huge difference to me. And I guess, I guess probably reading into it, romanticizing it a little bit more. And then again, a lot of probably my bias is of like fan theories and you know how you get on Tumblr. I don't know if you guys are on Tumblr, but Tumblr that is the cesspool that it is. All the things people like pointing things out. Really bad example was, you know, Tactus and Roke, like their their relationship. I never really like read into it when I read it for the first time. I was like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. But then, you know, you obviously hear like Rogue had said something, the fact that he was at Tactus's body, blah, 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 blah. Like, and you don't, it's something you don't see because it's obviously Dara's point of view. So you don't see it. Anyway, that's just me romanticizing. There's an that. acknowgement there that he's, that they're bisexual. Yeah. More gays, please. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing we haven't touched on at all is teacher. And teacher is one of the most fascinating mysteries from this first book of like how he was constructed with like sacrifice souls and is kind of the placeholder for the emperor here. And the emperor is again is like far away in theory. And that's kind of Sirithia's whole thing is like drawing him back in so he can be weakened. Like I don't, I don't fuck what the fuck shit is all of this teasing. No comment. No, yeah. Right. 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 But, <laughs> but teacher in particular is the one that strikes me and I'm still trying to work out. Yeah. I don't know. You maybe can't comment, Pierre, but PJ. No, did I, just, you I just don't have any strong thoughts on him. Like, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, until PJ brought it up before, which we have spoken about it. Well, I know, but like, we didn't really like. You know, <laughs> they really kind of like you know, it. there was more. There could have been more to him. My th- like when you said that, my thought was because he was so many things in one that there was mm-hmm. no specific in my little brain, my tiny little pea brain. He's just like a bunch of heads inside a body, and they're yeah. like we're all just yelling at each other constantly, and so there's no defined personality because it's just a mishmash of. You know, Got all it. of these. So, I mean, again, literally just a thought that I had in passing right then. Um, yeah. What if yeah. what if robot, but 50 souls? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't read into him too much. It was just very much a kind of I'm here. Like I'm the butler in this creepy house to like right, show you right, when yeah. mealtime is and like give you keys, but not really tell you anything. Like you can ask me a direct question and I'll skirt around it and be really fucking annoying. Yeah. We've we've pointed out that there's like a C3PO in every book that we've read. And this is our C3PO, you know. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no strong feelings on my end. Fair. I want more, I wish the the talking piece of him was more personality driven a little bit. I, I mm. wish there was some something more to like really grip me as a character. Mm. Yeah, I I would I would agree with that. I, I don't think that it was, my, my questions regarding Teacher are less him as a character, more him as an artifact inside of the plot. Like, yeah. 
Okay. I wouldn't have even caught him. Like, I'd forget that he was a character as opposed right. to like a, a piece of furniture or like a plot, plot point. Or That's why I forgot you know. that we talked about him earlier. Yeah. <laughs> sure, right. sure. <laughs> barely exists. That's what it was. So I, I think that one of the things that the story does really well is a lot of the world build, building elements. One of the things that I love uh, is the like sword differential, right? Like the mm. the idea that they go to rapiers because rapiers are not effective against skeletons and they're the only things that necromancers could use in theory is fascinating, I think. And the fact that Harrow now has this advantage because she's absorbed Gideon and has the training of an actual sword she studied the ways of a real sword. You know, I. Mm, it's interesting. It's a... Ah, but you forget. But you forget. Gideon is a six-foot beast with biceps. True, Haru true. is true, a true, true, small, true. dysentery skeleton wrapped in flesh. Like, I yeah. don't know about you, but, like, I feel like the difference between, like, PJ wielding a six-hander and me trying to wield a six-hander is very different regardless of the experience. I don't know. That's, that's just me. Fair. I was just I imagining artificially inflated strength too, coming with some of the necromancy. Oh, you but would, yeah, you would assume yeah. so. Yeah. 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 But in, then, in theory, Makes then sense. it does that make Ianthe also some sort of beast with the sword, with a rapier, perhaps, but not not a full well, two hand. You know, right? the sword in general, sure, just any sure. sort of, you know, give a nerd a give a nerd a sword. But big are they two, still a nerd? Are they still a nerd? If, if a nerd has a sword, are they still a nerd or are they a knight? So Sorry. what I'm getting out no, of this call. is in our dynamic, Crossland's the necromancer and I'm the cavalier, right? Yes. <laughs> like that's got to be the For case. Sure. And Piera, Piera sure. is the lictor and someone has died. <laughs> I'm out here eating flesh and bone. Yeah, right. Nibbling on hairs. <laughs> get my strength up absolutely god i'm so excited for you guys to read book two holy shit sorry yeah. like whereas you know with red rising we'd all read the series like we're all on the same sort of page right, like right i know things i know things in my brain that i want to yell at you so yeah. i'm very excited so yeah anyway yes count me in for anything horror related <laughs> definitely okay so in a couple of months at. we'll put it that way yeah absolutely any other Questions. Did you have anything lingering that you wanted to ask us about the book series? Like thoughts going into the next one or you fired off a couple of good ones. Yeah. Thoughts going into the next one. Just be if you can get your hands on a hard copy, I that'll would, happen. I would say read that first, or at least just find a way to look up the the fucking character list at the start. Because even in that is So there's this I forget what chapter it is, but there is this one chapter that in my brain, like I was at the grocery store as well. And <laughs> Like audibly, as things like as a reveal happened, I audibly went, "Holy fuck!" And I remember a small child staring directly at me, and the mother just glaring at me in the middle of Target <laughs> or something ridiculous because it was just so good. And like, I'm not going to spoil like if that's those are two different thought trains, but try and get your hands on a hard copy or at least read the character thing first. And I also, I don't know about you guys, but I like I, the reason I don't do audiobooks is because I like seeing the word whether it's a character name and i know then how to spell it or if it's a word that i don't understand i don't know the meaning of but you know you get you break it down and you kind of understand context yeah yeah you know what like the first part of it is and so it's easier for me to then which with these books i really struggle with which is why i had to read them first and even listening to harry the first time i didn't understand a lot of it because i couldn't visualize the word and therefore couldn't kind of build off of it i don't know if that happens for you guys like again tiny dumb pea brain but yeah that's kind of what i would say and just prepare yourself. Prepare. Because it is different. And you thought book one was hard. Ha ha. <laughs> ha ha, friends. Ha ha. <laughs> Fair enough. Awesome. Well, 
thank you so much for your time and you for, for coming on the show. Too. This was, yeah, exactly. Like every time, every time you want to come talk shit, we talk so much Absolutely. shit in our DMs. It's amazing. If you'll have me, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And we'll definitely have you back for that. And then if any obtuse uh, Red Rising things come up, of course, we'll, we'll do always, that. Always, did um, you see book six has at the editor? Yeah, like yeah. The second draft technically second draft, is, is back, right. back with an editor. Um, anyway, thank you cool. guys for having me again. Yeah, I very much appreciate it. I always look forward to it. Where where can people find you on the internet? Where's the best place to find you? <laughs> At the moment, fucking nowhere. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. I, yeah, YouTube, Instagram. I'm on TikTok now. But oh. I would, it's, TikTok is where I put my mom content because it's the only thing okay. that is saving my sanity at the moment. Between sure. nap schedules, having, having my tits sucked on in like not a fun way <laughs> and changing shitty nappies. So I'm going to try and start doing book reviews again because I have started reading again, sort of, reluctantly. Reluctantly reading again. I say reluctant. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it fucking is, but like having a kid, man, sucks the brain capacity out of you. Like, I don't. I can't read. I don't have the, the I don't have the ability to escape anymore. That's <laughs> mm. what I put it down to. So yeah. don't have kids if you like reading. Fair. So okay. That's, I mean, yeah, that's that's reasonable. It's a ringing endorsement for children. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Make your pick wisely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. 